poof, tree with the big hitting questions to start off here. <laughs> it's going to be like, what'd you do this morning? What's your favorite food? <laughs> We're going in hard. The fans want the, fans want the, the dirty details. What's going on, y'all? We are live. Back again with another hero's journey. Hope everyone's doing good. We have a big special guest today. He is currently saving a family from a fire, or he's actually at a church. A local skater is skating by. He's actually at a church saving a family from the church. So that's what's going on there. But. He is coming in soon. Don't worry, everyone. He is coming in soon. I'm going to turn this down a teeny bit. Those levels are kind of blown out. Let's see here. How does that look now? Let's see. On the good camera. Now it's a little better. We got Marky Mark in the chat. What's up, dude? How you been? You guys, so the secret's out. We got a really big show. We have a big producer. I would... I would say up and coming, but this guy's been in the game for a while. He is an OG in the game, but we'll talk about when he comes in. But uh, Mark says, "What up, Treve? Not much, man. Just you know, another day, another another journey, another day, another dollar." So that volume looks very loud in my camera, but we're gonna roll with it. We got Tyler. But yeah, so he is saving a family from a church, but I think up. Oh, I think he's actually. Uh, He's here, so we're going to go right to it, guys, right to this big interview. So the, all the people have been wanting it, fans have been raving, and uh, so here we have them. We are going live with Minisans. So, Minisans, let's see if this will... There we go. He's here. He's here. Would you look at that? Would you look at this stud? What's going on, dude? Appreciate you coming on this uh, hero's journey. Oh, let's go. Oh, can I see the comments? Oh, sick. You can see him, right? Yeah, we got we got Marky Mark in there. He's saying, uh, he said something. So what up, Treve? My boy Tyler said, ah, beard looking tight, son. Well, thanks, Tyler. Thank you. Thanks. Can you grow? Can you grow? Can you grow a beard yet? Ryan, I actually or? had a nice beard uh, until this week. I had a okay, okay, and so I shaved it. Yeah, I was I was going nice with the COVID beard. You got to do it. You got to do cool, it, man. A little something. Okay. For the boy. Yeah, a little something. Yeah, a little something. Something there. Looking good, man. Well, you're looking good, dude. You're looking good. Um, what uh, so yeah, the, so so the people know me and you have been friends for a while. We're good, good old friends. Uh, where did we spend a good amount of our uh, early building of that of that friendship? If you want to enlighten the people. Yeah, I would say there was a good amount of of team building friendship building at a uh, mission beach coffee break shout out nick cantalupo christy marky p adam hess the crew andy what's good um uh, yeah mission beach coffee break and san diego that was probably our big uh bonding time yeah yeah definitely man yeah, i agree and that was super fun times and um yeah, it was unfortunate when it closed down you know, that was a sad, sad moment. In, uh... Were you working there when it shut down? Do you, not to put the establishment on blast, I don't even know the full spiel. Yeah, I was. I was working there, yeah. Um, I mean... R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P., exactly. So shout out Nick. Hopefully he checks us out. He'll chime in every now and then. Maybe we'll come on. That'd be sweet. 
Yeah, um, shout out Nick. Yo, Marky P, if you're on here, let's get Nick Cantalupo in the loop here. Yep, yep, Mar- Mark's in here somewhere, yeah. And then we got, uh, what is Asante, two legends. Yeah, two legends. Who's, who is what is Asante? What's, what's his deal? Oh, nice. Sean, what are you doing, bud? How do I, oh, I messed up my screen here. Stop sharing video now. Uh, Sean's, uh, so I'm in Lavalette, so I'm like Central Jersey now. Um, and he's in Ortley, which is like a town south. But he's okay, cool. A lot of video work. Um, crushing the bartending scene right now, now that Jersey opened up. Kind of fully-ish today. Like no masks, no nothing as of today. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's, he's killing the game. You spent a good amount of time in San Diego. So you're, you know, you're kind of a, almost a, you're a New Jerseyan at heart. I know that. But, you know, h- half your heart is in San Diego, right? I mean, is it still, do you miss San Diego? The chat's popping. We got Mo Mama. We got Ned Skim. Um, it's going off in here. Yeah, so do you miss San Diego at all? Or are you kind of, uh, you're back in the Jersey life and you're just, you know, just kind of doing that? Um... I would say I definitely miss 75 and sunny every single day is not a bad life for sure. Um, I do enjoy Jersey people more. I enjoy Jersey pace of life more. Um, But I would say being able to surf if I wanted to every day, being able to go outside if I wanted to every single day is pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I agree. It's like kind of the the weather factor around here is just it's like the number one draw. You know, it really is just Groundhog's Day on steroids. Yeah, it, it's it's the best weather in the world, really. You know, it's like, um, it's just crazy. Like even in the whole world, it's like think about the whole world. Like where is there better weather? There really isn't. Like it's it's weird. Cause it's like a Mediterranean type climate, but it's also kind of aridy. If and you combine lab drew up like optimum human like climate place to develop, you're drawing up the weather in San Diego. You know what I'm yep, saying? Yep. Yeah, that's a perfect room way temperature, lab setting, fucking done deal. Yeah, that's exactly the way to put it. It's like I mean it's it's the price of admission. Like even here in LA, I'm in Venice Beach now and um it's basically the same thing. I mean it's the same weather. Um we have a little more of a tent apocalypse, but you know I'm sure it's going on down there as well. And you know it is what it is. I'm not going to get too much into that. Yeah, good but, time. Um, the air's a little more, a uh, little more gritty. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That you can like feel the the shit in the air. That's like pollutions and the needles of past use floating around, and you're like, trying to dodge them on the beach. But um. No, it's cool. It's funny, man. Like, I've enjoyed it. I've been in Venice for about three years now, and I've enjoyed it a lot. You know, it's a cool little spot. It's kind of like Ocean Beach in San Diego. And, um, yeah, I like it, man. It's cool. You know, I got my little surf break right off front. I can, you know, just kind of cruise out there. It's super close, super convenient. And really like just, um, you know, it is. You just got to get wet. Like, as long as you're getting wet. Uh, Chad Woolley says, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got Red Letter. Red Letter. They joined. He joined. You made a song with them, right? Uh, yes. I actually did a remix. Shout out, Justin, um, for Red Letter like a couple years ago. And yeah. particularly they have a song coming out in the future. I don't know if this is low-key information, 
please stop me if I should adjust them uh, that I co-wrote for them. So that's pretty cool. Okay, okay. Can you dive in a little more there, or is it it's top secret? That's top secret stuff. He says, I've never met this dude. Exactly. So it's secret. Okay, I understand. I understand. Um, well, cool, man. Well, let's dive a little more into your music stuff. So, I mean, you, you've been making music for a while, dude. Like, I remember, I mean, shit, what was this? Five years ago, you had a bunch of music, a bunch of tracks, finished tracks, and I would always... And you'd already been working on them for years. And I would always tell you, like, dude, you need to start releasing these. And I kept bugging you about it. But you would always be like, no, they're not perfect. It's like, no, I, I got it's You know, it's great, but I got to get it more and more perfect. And then finally, one day, with this humongous catalog of music you'd been building, you suddenly started, you know, releasing stuff. So what kind of what kind of inspired you to take that next step to, like, really start, like, pushing your stuff out as, like, a, a an artist and be, like, more in the public sphere and all that because I know like you that was something that you definitely like were you should have been releasing music even before in like a broader sense than you were so what what kind of made you really just finally be like all right it's, it's game time here poof tree with the big hitting questions to start off here <laughs> it's gonna be like what'd you do this morning what's your favorite food <laughs> we're, we're going in hard the fans want the fans want the the dirty details so there's a long story and a short story. Let's get the the middle version, the medium. So I think back in the San Diego days uh, that you're referring to back when I was getting it in and producing out of the garage there at the old apartment, confidence level was all time like at the floor with that kind of stuff. I guess in the beginning phases when I was like, hitting people up to collaborate or trying to get opinions on stuff um, or like entering contests, that kind of stuff. There was never any momentum building or like get ghosted a bunch or like half-assed feedback. So like there's no confidence building, but I still enjoyed writing music. Cause it was just fun. That whole time I did it for fun. Still do it for fun, but um, fast forward to maybe three years ago. Shout out again, Justin, who was just on here. Um, we got connected. I sent him a bunch of demos of mine, and he was hyped. He was like, "These are dope." Blah 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 blah. Gave me like legitimate feedback, ideas, and little wins like that gets the confidence moving. And I was like, "Oh, maybe like I am pretty good at this," or like, "Oh, maybe this idea is cool." Um, fast forward a little bit closer to COVID era and world changes, lifestyle changes, living in a new place, blah, blah, blah. And same thing. Music was like the one thing I was doing. It was consistent. I finally had one song that I felt matched what I go for with music. Um, I was still doing the same thing where I didn't want to put it out. I was trying to like correct every detail and do things I didn't know how to do. Um, and then eventually I just said, fuck it. And I just put it on the internet and it worked out pretty well. It surpassed expectations for sure. Definitely, man. I mean, I know like, and, and was that first song, the first one that went out like on spot? I mean, cause I know you, you know, there was SoundCloud stuff, but then like the first one that kind of hit the, the actual streaming, other streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, was that first one, the, the already gone song? 
Yes. So, again, shout out Red Letter and Justin. Already Gone was the first song, that remix, that I ever put out on an actual streaming platform for sale. And that was also because Justin at Red Letter strong-armed me into kind of putting it out. Because I wrote the remix for him, and he was like, all right, we're going to put this out. And I was like, uh, there's a bunch of stuff I want to fix. And he was like, no, nah, we're good. Um, so if he didn't do that, I probably would still be sitting with that thing on my computer, tinkering at things that nobody else is going to hear except for myself. For sure, man. I know, like, I remember, like, being in that garage in Mission Beach, and you just had all this music, and you were just making so much. And it all, to me, sounded just great. And I just couldn't believe that, like, you were just still... I don't want to say like you were scared to put it out, but like there was just some apprehension and like you were just, I don't, I don't know if I should, but like, I don't know why, but then I'm glad he finally like, you know, really got to you to finally put it release because then I'm sure after that first release, you were like, oh, okay, like this, that one's so bad. All right. So now I'll release the next one. Like it was probably like a pretty big moment for you or or was it not really? Uh, it's mixed, mixed bag. Um, I still have all the apprehensions. I think in the beginning, it was part trying to get approval from people that I felt like it's one thing if I show something to my friends or my mom or my cousin, like they're always like, oh, this is cool. Or like, oh, I really like this. And I'm like, I don't know if it's like I have bangs and you're telling me I have a good haircut, like you're lying your ass off. Um, trying to be nice or what? Mm -hmm. so I would, yeah, yeah. I would always try to get legitimate people who I felt were in that field to get good feedback from. And he was probably the first person in that field where I was like, oh, this guy's legit. He has a history. He has a catalog. Maybe I'm onto something. Um, when it comes to apprehension, I still have a million songs that I don't put out because I get nitpicky. But I'm definitely yeah. better about it. Definitely. And I, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you've been putting out a lot of music. And I know for you, too, it's like, like for me, a lot of times when I have like so many things and I'm like, oh, these aren't perfect, but I like I'm at this weird point where I, I like to like, I don't, I don't think that I'm wasting work when it doesn't get released, but when it doesn't, then it just sits on a computer and no one sees it. I, I've learned that you never know what's going to be your hit and your miss. So you might as well put it all out because a lot of times you'll probably, you probably can attest to this, that like the songs you're like, oh, this song is like, whatever. It's like, it's not my best, but it's a good one. Like that one will be the one that gets a hit. Or like just the one that you worked really hard on, this is going to be the best one, and it, that one doesn't do that good. And you're like, well, shit, I don't really know. A lot of times it's like, it's just so subjective art and music that you don't know what's going to be a hit. So like, you might as well just dump it out there and see what kind of catches. Which and, um, yeah. I, I kind of had that approach this winter. Like I had... Um, I remixed for Red Letter, and then I had Dancing in Dangerous, which was my first ever actual solo single. And that did really well. And then this winter, I had, like, a couple ideas that were very... There's more variety. So I was like, all right, these are close to finish. Let me put them out. Gauge what kind of works, what doesn't. And then it's kind of sick. I think now I have a couple songs in the, in the queue there where all those sounds and sensibilities come together um but yeah it's definitely hard you want i want to put everything out but i don't want to put everything out because at the same time i don't want to overwhelm other people 
and I don't want to overwhelm myself. Mm -hmm. The past couple months, I had a bunch of different ideas, and I was like, oh, I need to get this done, this done, this done. And kind of up until recently, like the past couple weeks, I've been like, all right, let me just one at a time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that no, makes perfect sense. Because you also, you tend to release like singles more so. Like, which actually works in your, it works in today's favor of just how music is released. Because sometimes if you have an album, certain songs just get buried and then, you know, and they never really, because it's like a whole album you got to listen to. And that's kind of what goes back to what I was saying with like when I release stuff, sometimes I like the album format because I can just like have tracks on there that they're not filler, but they're not necessarily like I think the shiny ones or not. But when you have like, so you, so you can like kind of bunch them all together and that ends up being nice because you, then you get to release them all. But when you do a single, it like really highlights the one song and it kind of ends up, I think, being a better push for that single song. And like, it just gets more, it's like the one song, you know, it's not like on an album you click and there'll be the first song and then there's a 10 more songs. So you got to like either listen to them or pick which one. So I think the single method, like it kind of, like I kind of want to start doing more just single releases because you kind of inspired me to do that because like it ends up being just kind of fun and it's also like not that it's less work but sometimes like putting a whole album out can be kind of daunting you know you're like then every song's got to at least not suck and every song's got to be like all right this one's gonna be a good one or a bad one or it can just have like a flow of an album like you can have interludes intros outros and stuff but I know from my perspective like I the album stuff for me was just like now I want to start doing kind of more your style where it's just like putting out singles because then it ends up being like um I don't know, again, it kind of gives, gives you more of a wide range of work and you get to, like, focus on the one song. Yeah, so usually what happens is I write a bunch of material all in a short period of time, and I have these huge concepts. Like, even recently I had, like, an EP concept. There's, like, five songs, and then I just get bogged down in, like, all the details and, like, trying to make things cohesive and perfect, whether it be art or, like, the sound. Um, so like the overall storytelling of it all. And then I end up just getting super frustrated and I don't, I think it's part just patience. Like I'm just not patient enough to do an album or like a collection of songs. Um, especially right now, I just want to be putting out a nice amount of music for people, but that's always kind of been the goal. Like even back in the San Diego days, I remember I wrote a full like, six or seven song EP with like a full concept video um, video stuff, visual stuff, the whole thing. And I just got so overwhelmed with trying to make everything match that I got over it. Yeah. Yeah. Doing singles is nice because it's one project, one theme, one idea, and I can move on to the next one and put all your time into that. I mean, but maybe, like, the collection of ideas, the things that I don't release, I might be like, oh, these kind of fit together, and it's a lot easier to maybe do an album that way. So. And it's almost kind of like, what? I don't have the patience, I think. That's what it boils down (laughs) to. Yeah, I mean, you really are, like, kind of a, I mean, I would say perfectionist, you know, because I definitely struggle with that as well. Like, I sound like a disease saying it, but, um. It's definitely a good thing when when you finally do you know when you finally do pull the trigger like because I think back when in your mission days you know you were still a perfectionist but guilty 
I don't ever want, I'm not a perfectionist because I don't have the skill set to make things perfect. I would say more, I want to be a perfectionist and it's almost more frustrating because I know I'm not. Does that make sense? It to sound perfect, yet I don't have all the tools and skills to make it that perfect. So that's almost what drives me even more crazy. It's just being caught in that, like a weird limbo where I want to be a perfectionist to get things done, but I don't have quite the skills and all that to, to do it. Does that mean picking up what I'm putting down there, Tree? Yeah, no, definitely, man. Cause it's exactly. Cause I think I, well, I, I'll, I'll sum it up by like a, a quote Gibbs told me the artist Gibbs. So Mike Gibney would say, um, like he, a song to him is never finished. He just becomes satisfied with it. Great, 150%. You know, like, so it's never actually perfect nor finished. And you know, there's little things you always, you know, it's never, but at some point you're like, all right, I got to ship it and move on. Cause you know, I'm going to drive myself crazy. And even like the tiniest things like, all right, how loud, how loud and how high EQ'd should this hi-hat be? And you can sit there for a day, just messing with the volume and the EQ meter just to make this hi-hat a certain way. And then in the end, it's like, yeah. What'd you say? No one ever notices except for you. Like I'll even change a bunch of stuff. Exactly, yeah. People that are into music thinking that they're going to be like, oh, like this is different or fix this. And they're like, oh, this is dope. Or this is bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you'll, yeah. I mean, even like um russ liquid another artist like i remember he was used to show me stuff and i would be like like man like your drums are the best like i love your drums and he'd be like dude i think those are like the worst part about my music you know so again it, it goes back to you'll never know what it's funny how that works like it, it, when it comes down to it it's all just the feel you know especially like i said with like Dancing and Daydreams, there's, when I hear that song, there's 3,000 things that I want to fix. And almost it's cringy. Like, I hate <laughs> when people play my music or, like, send me my music. Um, but I will say that song, like, the feeling I was going for, I got. Which is why I was like, you know, I'm just going to ship it out. Yep, exactly, yeah, yep. Because, you know, you would have went back and tried to fix it a all those little things and then it would have went out then you would have found a bunch of other things like it never ends like fixing isn't even the word it's literally just tinkering because yeah yeah it never quite gets there or your ideas change over time like if i'm working on a song for a couple weeks or months i'm then also listening to other music or you get new ideas and then it just starts to change and morph it's like painting except you just paint over that painting over and over again with a new thing so yeah definitely i've tried to learn to just ship it out yeah you're getting good at that man i mean i'm looking at your spotify right now and you got you know a bunch of you know pretty new releases you got some this eyes wide open tracks got a crap load of plays you got a, a new release out of my mind um that i've had on my reel just a second ago what I said semi-new, thank you. Thank you for playing it as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, it's, 
Cause, cause considering it, that's what's so funny. You've been making music for so long, but you've only been releasing music with you know the last couple of years in terms of um, like onto the streaming stuff besides like you know just Spotify or SoundCloud. But um, like right, like you had a pretty you know pretty big um, you know don't let's get to your head, but you know you're a pretty big deal now. So it's pretty cool, man. And I'm like super stoked for you because like it's I know it's not like this is like an overnight thing. Like you've been working your ass off for years and years and years, and now. You're just such a professional that you can just, you make it look easy, you know? Um, well, thank you for the kind words, Treve. I wouldn't yep. inherently agree with all that. I, don't, I wouldn't consider myself a professional or anything like that. It was cool the first, like, two or three songs. Like, I don't know, we all kind of set expectations or like, oh, I hope it does this many plays or this many people view it, whatever. Like, we all have our little personal expectations and it was sick like the first two or three like did way better than i expected i think dancing in daydreams i told myself like a thousand plays by the end of summer and i'm like thrilled um and yeah and i think i think it's at like 17 g's now which like yes yeah, yeah here yeah which in like the spotify world is pretty like isn't that good but for me it was like insane and then it was weird yeah. this one like after following up with like my first two that were really good the other ones didn't quite do as well so then you start to kind of question like is it a me thing or the like what's wrong here like is it the music is it marketing is it all the above um so that was a little weird and not weird but coming into like my newer stuff definitely played a role in my mindset does that make sense yeah yeah because like i mean you want yourself to do good and then you want you don't want to like i mean it's like kind of like the sophomore slump or something you know like it's hard for an artist once they like kind of have a little hit to like you know like lightning strike twice it's like kind of that that's a difficult feat for like any for any of the arts especially like um musical artists because, you know, part of them wants to kind of, like, evolve a little bit. They already have, like, a fan base that wants one thing. You know, they maybe have another thing. And it's, like, yeah, especially after, like I said, like, some success, then it's hard because you want, like, that every time. It's kind of like when you, you know, anything. Like, you're getting, like, 100 likes on a new post on your Instagram. Like, your next post, you want to at least get 100 likes and then a little more. Yeah, like you have your building. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. Your like, when you're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for me, because I, I know. I'm sorry, okay. I cut you off. You're good. Yeah, I just, at that point, like, I had this arbitrary threshold in my head. And I'm like, oh, I have to do this. And, like, progress, it's it sucks. Because I feel like with progress, we just think of it as, like, this linear thing. And, like, even most of the time, I'm, like, realistic enough to know, like, it's not like this. There's backwards turns, plateaus, downward, whatever. But it's hard to kind of separate that. And so I definitely found myself, especially this winter, like COVID bored out of my mind, only thinking about music and like the metrics part, which I think is the worst thing to do, but you do it. Like I just do it and it sucks. Yeah. And I think it applies yeah. to everything. Like we want to make everything like this quantitative upward slope, but that's just, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. There's some like a um, meme or picture. It's like, what you think success is and it's this and then like what actually success is and it's like 
to get to the yeah and it and it no, exactly right it's like and especially that's why i think like having like the long-term goal like your vision or even like a five-year plan i mean it sounds kind of hippy dippy but then that that'll actually keep you kind of pursuing it when you have the little bit of like downs or the losses you're like all right this was a loss but my you know i know my goal in the future is to like be this thing or to at least have this portfolio of art or just be this kind of person and i know like i'll have some losses but if i keep pushing towards this like shining goal that can at least like kind of like illuminate the path and i can still continue even when i'm getting like you know kicked over and stomped and all that you know yeah i 150 percent agree and i think for me the the big change again like i was like many other people where like you get caught in the social media instagram bubble where you got dudes like gary v or whoever like spouting this stuff on like hustling and progress and for me i started doing goals and everything but a lot of them were like i was saying like metrics based like i wanted to get this platform to this number of people or like this song to this number of this and for some people that works for me i don't think it works and i think I'm more driven and my goals get done when it's more like broadband ideas and more towards not like the life, like lifestyle, but sort of where like, I know I'm reaching more people. I don't need a number on it or like, I know more people are enjoying it or I'm doing this more. I don't have to put a number on it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It's like when you're surfing and you're learning to surf, you know, you know, you know you're not going to be good right away. I mean, I guess when you're learning, you're kind of, it's a different mindset. But, like, after you've surfed for 20 years, you can look back and be like, oh, wow, like, I've surfed for 20 years. Like, that's pretty cool. And, like, you're really good. And you see someone out there who's, like, surfed for, like, six months. And, like, they're pretty good. And they're like, oh, well, how long have you been surfing? And you're like, oh, 20 years. You're like, oh, my God. Like, it seems like it's a crazy time. It's more of a sustained but, yeah. mindset, for sure. Exactly, like, yeah, the, the long haul. Like, you're in it for the long haul, and, like, the little wins and losses don't matter. In the end, what matters is, like, the end, not even the end result, just, like, the lifestyle. Like, like, like you said, the lifestyle. It's, like, or even just saying, like, saying, like, I'm a, I'm a musician, you know? Like, it does, you don't even have to have songs out or plays out. We got Scottrick in the, in the chat. To be a yeah, musician, yeah, you know, it's, like, that's just kind of, like, evidence from other people. But, um, well, yeah, and that's why, yeah. Like, you could do, like, gimmicky stuff, get 100,000 plays on a song, and at the end of the day, like, I wouldn't... This is going to sound kind of hipster or whatever, but, like, you're uh, that doesn't make you an artist. Like, you just had one really great song, which is an amazing thing, but there's, like, that longevity and, like, putting yourself in that ballpark over time and having that long-term resume which i think then makes you an artist does that make sense yeah yeah definitely yeah like it's easy to be like not easy but like a one-hit wonder you know like it's kind of like mm, i don't want to say it's easy because we're all striving to put out a hit you yeah know? yeah yeah i guess like part of the goal well yeah it's it's easier not easier but it's harder to be like an Eminem than to be like a, I don't know, like a, like an 80 song that was a one hit wonder. Like it's still hard to do that, but to have more than one hit, like we were saying earlier, that's super challenging. And like, 
but you're never going to get there unless you just kind of keep doing it. You know, like you keep making your music, you keep making your videos, um, et cetera. So I think that that stuff's super interesting because, because, because I want to bring that to my next question because, so it seems that like the public doesn't really inspire you to make music. It's more so yourself. And where do you think, like what inspires you to like really make music? Like, why do you, why do you make music? Oof. <laughs> Why do I make music? Um, corny, cliche answer, super fun. Super corny, cliche answer. It's like my form of reading or painting or sculpture, like anything to kind of just get away, be creative, put ideas and emotions into that sort of space. Um, I think the origins of it, honestly, like... I was, like, enamored when I was, like, 14, 15, 16, blog house, like, going on every low-key YouTube page, blog page, and finding, like, really cool music. And also the surf scene back then. You would know this. Modern Collective, Stranger Than Fiction, all those surf videos. I remember the surfing was sick and, like, the editing was sick. But the music, I thought, I was like, this is dope. Like, that'd be yeah. so sick to do that. Like, write a song and give it to someone to put in a surf video. I don't know why, but that's that clicked in my head. And so the, the idea of, like, I think subconsciously, like, making something and having that sort of effect on someone where they're like, oh, this is really cool. I want to try to do this or this makes me feel a certain way. Those are all the cliche answers, but I want to say that keeps me going. But more so, yeah, it's definitely. Fun. Like at the end of the day, it's just super fun. Well, it's funny because like it's a hard, like I used to say to myself, like, like inspiration is a, like a lie or it's not even like a real. Cause like when I'm making movies and music, like, I'm not going to sit around and wait to get inspired or wait to get motivated. You just kind of almost, you have to kind of make it a habit and like you can build that habit from inspiration. But then it gets to the point where you're like, all right, I got to like sit down and make some music. Like, oh, I might not feel like making it or, but you, you kind of do it anyway. And, and lately I've been actually getting more inspired, but it's usually from other people. Like when I watch people's YouTube videos, even like the hero's journey thing, I got the idea because I'd watch a lot of YouTubers who were like, they had small channels, but I liked how they kind of just almost had like a daily like vlog style. And a lot of them had like the shittiest mics. They didn't even have a mic. They used their phone. It looked horrible, sounded horrible, but I would still sit there and watch them and like be stoked on the next video. And I realized like what I really liked was like the, like their journey they were doing. And you know, you could tell some days they didn't want to do it or whatever, but they were kind of just like, and they, they like had made something that they do habitually. So I think when you combine like the habit with being inspired, that's when you get like the, the real, the secret sauce. But like a lot of people, like that's why that question's kind of funny, I think, because you get, <laughs> and like, because you're like, well, dude, I'm not really inspired anymore. Like, I, this is just what I do now. Like, it's like kind of a, it's a, like it's surfing. Like, we don't get inspired to go surfing. We just, we love it and it's what we do. So it's kind of funny how, but a lot of people that aren't really, like in a craft for a while, they'll usually ask or they'll be like, man, how do I get inspired to do this? Or like, how do I get motivated to like do this thing? And it's like, in the end, you just got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. 
you become a master and then you just you just do it and you can grab little bits of inspiration but in the end it's like you got to do the 10,000 hours and then you can do the 10,000 hours and then you can like you know get mini inspirations but you can't wake up every morning like all right what's going to inspire me you know like you kind of go about your day and you get inspired by stuff you see in here and um so so I think you're similar because you didn't you know yeah I was like, do you have though like little things that you notice that probably get the wheels turning more than other things when it comes to like um because I definitely agree like most of the time I just write music because I'm like oh let's write some music or like I wait I actually write better in the morning like when I first wake up but there are certain things that induce the process a little more or kind of just like catalyst a little bit. I don't go out searching for those things, but in hindsight, I realize they help a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now you'll have like your, um, yeah, like exactly like inspiration comes. You're not necessarily like searching for it before you start creating. Like you'll, like what I usually do is I had I just write down notes, you know, on sticky things, and then, like I'll, yeah, like I have my, I have these are just everywhere in my place, just all these, and then I either crumple up when I'm done, and throw it out, but like, then it gets out of my head, and then later on when I'm like, all right, what are some of those ideas I had? Oh here, oh look, oh this idea was cool, you know. So it's like just kind of like grabbing inspiration where I find it, and then putting it aside, and then when I need it, I can kind of use it, but um. I guess now, those notes, like, is that more, more visual stuff or is that music and audio stuff? Or both? Kind of both, kind of both. I mean, with me, with music, I actually work more so as like, I'll somehow get like a melody and then I'll sit on the melody for sometimes months and then I'll finally put it to paper. Or I sit down to make a beat and I just make one up on the fly. Those are the two ways I kind of work with it. And maybe I am using music that I've heard, but lately my, my go-to has been like, I'll kind of figure out something, a melody, and then sometimes I'll record it into my Zoom, like with my voice, just to remember the melody. And later on, I'll try to like recreate it. And I feel I, like that's been I kind of I need fun. to start doing that. I know everybody does that. And uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought like, Char not everybody, but like, I think Charlie Puth maybe? Definitely. Oh, really? That's what he said too. That. Oh, damn. I, I'll get that sometimes, but where like I have a melody or an idea in my head, I never record it. Usually everything's yeah. kind of spontaneous. It's just like sit down, go from here. Um, I'm a big cinema person, and like when I write music, I'm thinking of a place, like a specific, like almost like geography, and like what I think that place in that moment sounds like. And then over time, I'm like, oh, this this fits that energy, and then I go from there. Yeah, like sure. I, yeah, I, yeah. I like approach it more like a movie than like a song, which I don't know if that's good or bad or whatever, but that's, that's sweet. No, and it's funny because me as like, you know, a movie maker as well, like it's funny how I never, I never do that. I like, it's, it's super separate for me. Like it's like the audio and I'm not even, there's no visuals associated. So it's interesting how like that you do it that way. But for me, it's like, it's always just like an after the fact. That's crazy. That's cool. Everything is a visual and that's kind of what induces, like if I'm doing like the arrangement of a song, I think about it 
cinematically. And I think that helps kind of dictate the direction and the energy a little bit more. That's a good, that's a good idea even because then it probably helps you like, that's actually kind of your inspiration and motivation. Like, all right, I'm going to get the song to be sounding like, you know, this green grassy forest sort of sound like this cityscape with shoes hanging over top the rope or, you know, these, the grassy sea leaves in the, in an ocean, you know, like, cause when I look at your album art, it, it, you're right. It really does match the songs good. And like, and dude, your, your album art is awesome too. I mean, obviously some of these are, are film, right? All of them, if I remember correctly, or I think are film or most, definitely most of them. I mean, dude, these these are sick. And I mean, you and you and maybe your brother shoot some of these, or and what are you guys shooting this stuff on? Um, I think I, if I remember, everything on like Spotify, I think I shot, and I just use a point and shoot, like thirty five millimeter, basic film camera. Is it Canon? No, or one of them is. I have a Canon one. Um. I have a Nikon one and another one, all wow. of which are broken in some regard. <laughs> Whether it be like buttons don't work, shutters don't work, um, lets in light through like the trap in the back a little bit, so you get like weird effects and stuff. So they're all broken, which I kind of like it though, because you get weird things that you never think of in Photoshop. Yeah, like even like. Is that some? Is that somehow how like some of the like the color burn stuff happens? Yeah, um, some of it's intentional. Like Dan, the dancing and daydreams artwork. Yeah, I was at um, a local beach shooting a bunch of photos. Purposely opened up the back, let some light in, shot a bunch of photos, and that's how I got the light leak in that one. But that intentional, was really cool, like, yeah. intentional in the sense where like I wanted there to be light leaks. How they end up coming out is like whole nother thing yeah yeah it's like a happy accident sometimes you know and um like it's funny because like i used to do more film stuff but now i'm just fully you know sd cards and it'd be nice to have like a film camera around but it's funny man i like don't like it's good for people like you that are still doing it because it just has this aesthetic that a lot that you it's you just can't recreate with digital you know it's just like I mean, you could, but it's it, it. You can tell, like it's like I can tell these are film on shot on film, and that look yeah, is part of it. The, is end, like yeah. the feel and like the texture, and I think it matches my music. Part of it is just fun. Part of it is honestly like, not to get hippy dippy on everybody, but in the age we live in, like everything's so instant, and everyone like if you're at a party, everyone's taking pictures. If you're at a concert, everyone's taking pictures and with taking film pictures like it's nice to do it forget about it and then a month later I'm like oh like this party I totally forgot about it and it just pushes back all that excess that you always have in the front of your head you know what I mean like making everything look cool everything look perfect kind of like we were talking about with actually producing music and mixing music like it's one space where I don't feel like it has to be perfect like you get what yep. you get, you don't get upset, and usually you get weird shit you would have never imagined. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point because it's funny. Hey, like everyone has like you know everyone has a camera now in their pocket, the phone, and like it's just like, sh- but the the film you actually have to like 
have some thought and then when you take it it's like a one and done it's like it's like riding a wave in the ocean it's like it's done shooting 35 pictures in 10 minutes and picking the favorite like you're taking your time and you're shooting stuff you want to shoot and take a chance on which is pretty sick. yeah shout out uh jay carlisi what's good what's popping big boy jay in the co- hell yeah hell yeah um yeah man because okay, okay so so i know you have maybe let's do a little plug of your festival coming up so now you're planning at a festival in like a month so what's up with that uh it's in a week next saturday in a week oh shit yeah but, damn wow um yeah pretty hyped um shout out to the guys at rock the house um billy and the what's crew. the festival called and what are some of the details so rock the house it's at camp ramblewood in maryland um if you know like dirty bird camp out and mm-hmm. those festivals it's kind of from what i've information i've got um catered and structured the same way um i want to say originally it was 14 artists but i think it's grown a bunch since then i think now there's like 21 or something like that it's only one day um you go yeah yeah they camp out have a good time get some free music or not free music but live music um and sunday everybody's out that's sick that's sick and, and you said it is camp out yeah yeah even your boy that's sick dude i'll probably bring a tent they have cabins too um but yeah i don't know if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it big dude that's sick get your what you broke up uh i said uh get my dead and co on and get the tent out (laughs) dead and go (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get hippy dippy with it. I mean, it'll be nice to be back. Like, I mean, music festivals like that used to be like my bread and butter, especially the outside camp ones. Like, just so much fun, and like, you just feel like you're home, and you're like, where else would I want to be than outside? It's sunny. It's great. Oh, we got Jimmy Bay in the house. Jimmy Bay. Um, Jimmy Bay, yeah. throwback OC. What's good? Yeah. Mission Beach Coffee. The OG, OG, my dude. Sub Jimmy. Um, Yo, hold on, real quick. Jimmy, the other day you posted a story on your bike and you're riding on bricks. And I swear to God, I thought you were doing witchcraft because you were riding straight, but it looked like you were going absolutely horizontally. And I need an explanation or else I'm calling the cops. <laughs> we're going to have to send some witchcraft, dude. That was insane. Let's hear it, Jimmy. Please explain in the comments or else I'm making a call. Let's see, let's see what he says. Yeah, side note. He said, I tripped too. Like, on drugs, you mean, or you tripped your body? This is a PG. This is PG, Jimmy. You gotta... Choose your words wisely, Jim. Yeah, this is for the little kids. Marky P gets it. Yo, shout out Christy joining in. Yeah, Christy. Get all that glitters. If you want some jewelry, go to all that glitters. Um, tricked my, my, my mind. Oh, cool, cool. Yep, yep. Sweet. Oh, tricked. <laughs> Tripped. Chrissy said psychedelics or PG. Okay, okay. Facts. A bit controversial, but... A bit controversial. I'm with it. What'd you say? I said I'm with it. Yep, yep. I mean, the whole microdosing thing, it's like funny how... 
Like they're really like I bet in five years they're gonna start like you know you and you either you want to get on SSRIs or you can get on mushrooms. Like it's really good, or you can get on of conversations you hear in the news, Netflix, social media, whatever about mushrooms and depression or mushrooms helping with this. Not to be that guy, but I'm gonna kind of say that if the ball keeps rolling, similarly with weed and other products. Eventually, it's going to become normalized in some fashion. Whether that's five years or 35 years, that's outside my pay grade. But I wouldn't complain about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. And I think it's like, in the end, it's, you know, the more vari- the more choices we have for that, the better. And it's like, you know, when your only option is to kind of take like like the the more serious drugs like that, then like the the harder you know psychiatric drugs, it's like, well, what if I don't want to do? What if there's so it's nice that there's other options coming up and the stigma. I think just legalizing weed kind of helped the whole stigma kind of get lifted. Diversity like that. is key, Treve, in every capacity of life. Diversity is a good thing. Yeah, Big exactly. Yeah, knows about that. You said Andy does. Yeah, Andy knows about that. Yeah, we got uh, we got Andy, we got Andy Carter in the chat. Um, he's the tallest surfer in California, and charges huge waves. Anyway, um, is he the tallest strictly in California? How far does this Guinness World Record go? How far can we take? Yeah, and maybe it is bigger. Yeah, what do you what do you think, Andy? Or what? Um, and don't act think like you're the tallest. Hated Andy. <laughs> Like now, I was now he went silent. Tallest in the United States. Tallest that I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree, yeah. Um what um oh oh yeah, Tyler Riley, here really popping in here. Let's keep this going. So um we're we're uh one second, my camera said internal temp high. Uh oh. That's not good. Go heat down, one tree. second. You getting that one camera? second. Yeah, one second. The that was weird. My Sony's never done that. Jay Carlisi says world. Let's start a let's start a poll in the comments. I'm saying world record too. Oh, for Carter, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh wow, my my Sony is um freaking out over here. Give me one second, y'all. This has never happened. And you this never happens. You know that's what she says or you say. And you were worried that? that I would be the. Uh, without all the professional gear. I know, yeah. Oh my god, this is like this has never happened before. So give me one second to we'll keep it going. If I have to I'll use the rest of um uh, I'll use the rest of um oh yeah my camera's like really messing up here. Let's see here. Cord. Wow, heat warning. Alright. Well that's all good. I'll just use the um the recording from this the iPhone or whatever. Cause that is weird. I think I need to turn on the. There's like a heat setting to make sure it's not super hot, and I turned it off. So I need to turn that on. So there you go. You learned your lesson. Um, yeah, luckily it's recording on here too. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in. I don't know if I'm at. Put it in. See. Uh, so it's it's hot. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's not, it's not even that hot in here. Wow, that sucks. I've never had that actually happen. That's nuts. First time. Maybe because. Maybe it's because it was hooked up to the um, computer as well. There you go. See Murphy, Murphy's Law, like we were talking about earlier. It's the, the intense know? conversating that we're uh, having. 
the conversation. This is great, yeah, this is great man. I appreciate it again. Yeah, let's um, because I was gonna say maybe wrap it up before the hour, but we're already there. Let's just keep it going, dude. Um, because I had a few more questions I wanted to get get to. You. So, dude, um, throw, throw them out. Because, because I know you and your you and your brother, you guys do a lot of like video work as well these days, right? With your company, uh, Sony Creative. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it real, and I'm gonna say majority of that is Sean. I'm more vice president, assistant, substitute teacher. You know. Robin to Batman sort of thing. Um, but yes, definitely have a lot of work. Or not a lot, but we've definitely been working a lot more. Sweet. And like, so, and what what's kind of your main, like, kind of clientele or what's kind of the main focus of with the video stuff? Like, just kind of like surf stuff and some, like, um, like artistic, like realism. Because, I mean, it's because a lot of the stuff you guys shoot, I know you have the, uh, Look, my camera looks to be maybe alive again. I know a lot of that stuff you guys shoot is like is on film. I know you have the GH4 as well. Mm -hmm. But um, let me plug this back in. But I know like you know your the the photography stuff like kind of goes on your film stuff too, and it's pretty cool how like a lot of that stuff looks looks really good, man. Is that and is that Super Eight? Yeah. So um, in addition to my point shoots, I do own a Super Eight camera that is also broken. Um, but yeah, the part that rotates the film as you record like skips. So I get weird light leaks and weird transitions and clips skip when I get it developed. So it is kind of like a blessing because it's not something you could really do in, um, Premiere Pro or Photoshop, anything like that. Yeah, because, um, and it's funny, it, it's the same. Like I remember when I, sh when I was shot like a like film school stuff on Super 8 for the first time, I like, first of all, I was all way underexposed. So I had to like, when you push the stop, you know, in post-processing. And I remember my film teacher, like, and this was even when I, I mean, I still knew what I was doing, but it, but it's funny because you have to kind of measure like, it's like um just way harder. Because first off, if it doesn't have like an eyepiece, I mean, it might, but what you're seeing isn't necessarily what you're going to get. You know, like you got to really like, you got to have like a meter and measure it and kind of like guesstimate what you're going to, what you're going to need to shoot. But it's like, it's really hard. So it's, it's way harder than it looks. For the lighting, um, you got to pay attention to lighting. I don't really do any of that. I kind of just shoot what I like, shoot what I want, get what I get, don't get upset, make do with what I have. Um, but it's fun, man. Again, it's, it's nice shooting stuff, shipping it out, waiting a couple of weeks and taking the risk. But my yeah. footage usually comes over way too overexposed. Like if I got three minutes of footage back, usually like half of it, if not more, is just gone. We're not gone, but not really usable because my camera's broken, but the parts that are usable come out pretty insane. Yeah, and I always get, for some reason, I can never remember what, if it's overexposed or underexposed, which one is which. Overexposed would be too light, too bright. Underexposed would be dark. Cool, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why I can never, because I always think, like, overexposed means, like, the iris is, oh, it's, 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 it's kind of gets confusing, but it's funny how, like, okay, so your stuff ends up being too bright sometimes. Or, like, it'll just yeah. be a white screen with like almost stick figurey looking stuff going across.
which could be yeah, Dan. But um, yeah, yeah, that sucks because um, and that's I mean that's why like I've really just converted fully to digital, and it's funny how like like besides the artistic value, it's just almost just too. There's so many freaking variables that yeah, it's like just kudos to like you know because I know. It's just cool that you, you and, you know, even, like, the video stuff, you guys are using a lot of film, and that's, like, it's pretty unique now, you know? Like, Dude, it's not, it, you know... Fancy. Um, yeah, yeah. Sean, when it comes to the film, develops most of my stuff, so that cuts the cost down a little bit, you know what I mean? A little, a little on the price of the house, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But Super 8, especially to get developed, is super costly. Um... I don't want to say super. How much? It, how much? Uh, the place I sent to is usually eighty-ish bucks a roll. Oh uh, man! Yeah, plus plus taxes, plus buying the film itself is like forty-five bucks. You know what I'm saying? That's so, insane. Yeah, so for me to get a roll of film developed, I'm spending like over a hundred bucks. Oh my god, yeah. I, I completely forgot just the cost. Like, I was just thinking only about, like, the technical hardships. But yeah, you're right, it, like, costs a lot, too. And, um, I mean, it makes sense why, like, you know, big movies are now, like, you know, using reds, and it's, like, less... I mean, a lot of movies now, it's... They're not... A, a lot of movies now, they're not even made on film. They're just made on, like, you know, REs and reds and stuff, and it's hard to really to notice the difference, but, um... But yeah, I can't even imagine like actually making like a full movie with all film. Like it, to me, that's like insane. And like now you know why they're so expensive too. Like you know, your little thing was only. Oh my god! Like I'm super thankful like, for the digital revolution, that. even though it yeah. Like messing up shots and having to redo them, like nah, dude. Yeah, I, I enjoy um, doing it in doses, but to do like a full cinematic like cinematic piece like that would be awful. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, because even, even the the music video I made in my Super 8 music video was, um, you know, only three minutes, but even that was, like, just so much effort, and then when a bunch of it was, like, underexposed, and my teacher knew, she was like, we gotta, like, go up two stops, even though I was like, oh, maybe go up one, she went, we went up two, and still, it was still kind of dark, but, like, yeah, what if you went and shoot, you know, $100 of film, and then it's all, like, not even good, you're like, well, fuck, <laughs> like, you know? I've had that happen a couple times, last summer uh i spent like three weeks in new york shot only really film photos only super eight film of all the uh protests all the group events anything for george floyd blm the whole thing um so i'm looking at like a month's worth of footage shipped it out got it back and i only really got half of it to look presentable and oh my god! The photos, <laughs> tragically, the photos um, I gave to a certain person in my family. I'm not going to name names, but they also shoot film um, to develop. They never developed them. I ended up shooting over those photos and double exposing them. No way! Yeah. Oh my god, that sucks. Risk. That's the risk you take. But again, it's I. I think it's worth it a lot of times. I forgot you could even do that. So did any of those like come out or like is it just is it just too much going on? Um there's a couple that I thought about like posting and everything. It's just awkward cuz they were double exposed with 
photos of me on snowboard trips and like stuff that goes completely against the message and meaning of the protests. Um, so I think it would really kind of disintegrate the message. True. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, like it's a serious matter. Then it's you like shotgun at a beer in the woods. Snowboard. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I there's like literally one of me at like a restaurant and I'm like eating pasta and it's like double exposed over like this woman with like a great sign and it's <laughs> yeah, jeez, you know? yeah. Um, Dang, that stinks though. Wow. In theory, it's cool. Like to see the yeah, yeah, yeah. like what a year is. Um. Like, on a personal level, I think it's cool to see, like, where I was then, what people were doing then, and then, whatever, six, seven months later. But, yeah, not something I can really... Yeah. Um, we had to shift gears a little bit. So, and, and so if you had to describe your music, like, what, what genres would you kind of describe your stuff as? I don't know, man. In my head, in, like, some way to just put some sort of bubble and like restraint on myself, I always just say beach disco. Sweet. I like that. Yeah. And like the artists that I usually listen to or play or like a similar vibe. Like, like things you could like play hanging out in your backyard with your friends at like a barbecue. You can dance if you want. You don't have to dance, but you're grooving. You could play it in a surf video. Yeah. Uh, you could play it. At oh, a interesting. Bar. Okay. It's not like, rager music you know see because that's funny yeah because i think your music like i know when a lot of my music i make it's like almost intended to to be background music but i wouldn't ever say your stuff's background music i mean your stuff is just it's, it's definitely a forefront i mean it could be in the background as well but i know what some of the songs i make i just almost intend them to be like you don't focus on them that much it's almost like you know you're doing your homework and you got the song playing in the background. What's up, Steph? But um, and then there's other songs you know they're so complicated and layered and stuff. Like if you can really get in there and listen, you're like oh wow, there's a lot going on. Sometimes when there's you know especially when there's vocals and stuff that adds a whole another layer of like of intensity, which is great when it's a standalone song and someone's DJing it or you're DJing it. But then if sometimes like you're DJing like just kind of a more simpler song, it's kind of like all right like. I want to focus on something else and have this be like, uh, you know, so a lot of times I'll be like, yeah, making music, you do your homework too, or like you, you work out too, stuff like that. So it's, it's funny you say that. Cause yeah, I think I'm in a similar boat where I, I wanted, I, I don't even want to say I want to just my natural sensibilities when I write and like the muscle memory is I want dance elements, but I don't want to write songs that are made for a dance floor or a club. You know, I want it to be, background but you can dance if you want it'll make you want to dance but you don't have to does that make sense yep yeah so i take yeah. a lot of dance elements but usually like the tempo i'm at is way slower or the elements that would make a dance track when i incorporate them are a little more subdued probably or a little bit less of a focus yes yeah, so, so let's yeah because that was because what when you your stuff is kind of like yeah, like beach disco is is or like be, what'd you say beach disco? That's what I call you it, call it to beach myself disco? in in I private. Like that. Beach disco. <laughs> well, it's cool. I mean, it's kind of like like a lot of band. Like a really good thing to do as a band is you almost like create your own genre. Like I'm trying to think of a band in particular, but um, 
you know, there, there are certain artists, they almost like make a genre. And like other people might hop on it. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but like, I'm, I can't think of one, but like, and sometimes it can be like an obscure like name like that. And that's cool because I've never heard anyone say Beach Disco, you know? It's like a well, cool, like really you get on this. Literally just, I just took a place. Like, I like disco music when I write. I usually take a lot of influence from disco, but there's, like, this ambient element to the music that I write. Like, kind of like how pool, like an artist like Poolside or someone uses disco in-house, but there's, like, loads of reverb, loads of delay. It's lower tempo. You can dance if you want, but you don't have to. And it's mm -hmm. feel-good. It's always, like, a feel-good song. Um, so, yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. I fully just cut you off and started babbling. Um, no, that makes sense. Yeah, Feel Good Incorporated. I mean, I guess I was just saying, like, people that can... I, mean, I couldn't think of a band, but, like, bands that almost create a genre. Um, I mean, maybe even, like, Modest Mouse, when they were first kind of doing their thing, it was, like, they kind of, like, made this, like... It was, like, um, like indie rock. I mean, that was pretty big at the time, but I can't... I, I, there's a few in my head I just can't think of them exactly, but... Um, well, like, I mean, there's, there's different ways like to go about it and different genres, different people like Beatles with rock and roll. Uh, I would say kind of for me, like Migos with like ATL trap stuff, Skrillex with dubstep. Oh yeah. Or even like, uh, like, yeah, like me, like young thug or Migos. Like they really kind of like basically like invented kind of a genre. And then now a lot of people try to copy them. But yeah, I see. Yeah, I see. You see what you mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's cool. I wouldn't put myself like I'm not gonna put myself in that. Nor do I really think I like try to replicate people's stuff ever. But I, you have your natural like spongy sensibilities where you know who probably influences you on the back end, and you don't realize that you're doing that. So there's yeah. elements of that I definitely share. If you had to pick, like, actually a few artists that you do, like, try to sound like, who would you say? Or just, like, you're, like, like, what artist would you, would you not mind being classified as, as sounding like that you are trying to sound like, I guess? I know it's a weird question, but, like, if you had to, like, when you on, on a, like, Pandora, it's like, here's Minisans, here's similar artists. Like, who would you kind of like like to be in that area? Um, I would say a combination. Again, these aren't related people, but I would say they probably influence ideas or things that I do, um, like, subconsciously almost. And they're also just my favorite artists. Um, Disclosure's on there. Kate Trinata's on there. Um... Loki Chromio's on there. Ooh, okay, yeah. Um, if you got, if you know Oliver, it's one guy now. Yep. It used to be two guys. Oh, really? Dang, okay. Um, Poolside's on there. Satin Jackets is on there. Um, sheesh, it's hard. I mean, that, that was a bunch of good ones, yeah. Um, Aeroplanes on there. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch. There's so many. Maybe even some like uh, like Breakbot. Yeah, that whole era of French house and like disco stuff. That's what literally Daft Punk. Yeah, yeah, that's literally what got me into music. 
So. Oh, sick. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, I the can whole tell, and it's Ed Banger Records was probably. Yep. And I know, um, oh, you, you're breaking up a little bit. I know, um, the, the beauties of live TV. He's back. He's yeah, back. He's in uh, a new setting. Phone, phone died. So oh damn! That almost happened back. to me. Yeah. In wow, good catch. Here. You got it back on quick. Dude, full sprint straight to the charger. Dude, thanks, dude. Catapulted over the bed for you. Got the charger. <laughs> We're good. Great. It's live TV is hard, man. Right? It's hard. And we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll probably end up editing this. So we'll, you know, kind of get out some of the the head bits. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I got like a bunch of stuff recording because I want to make sure that we're at least getting all the audio and most of the video. So, um, but yeah, and I was just saying um, during your phone departure about like your Dirty Bird uh, connection now because I know you had one song that got picked up by them. So do you want to? Just chime in on that real quick, because I know, uh, I mean, Dirty Bird's a huge, you know, record comp record label that, you know, kind of specializes in, in kind of house and techno house and disco and stuff like that. And you, you know, were lucky enough to be basically on, on release by them, right? So, um, yeah, so I had uh, my one song, Eyes Wide Open. It wasn't through Dirty Bird exactly. It was through Fantastic Voyage. Um, shout out okay. Justin J. Um mm-hmm who put out the record, he has a lot of, I mean, I don't want to speak for him. I don't know, but um, kind of like background and connections and works with Dirty Bird explicitly and kind of implicitly. Um, so yeah, they, oh, well, so, so it's not actually, so it's actually like not even, it's just a similar, but it's not, or it's like a subsidiary of Dirty Bird yeah, or whatever. Or yeah, it's, it's kind okay, of like a okay. sub. Um, I don't cool. think they're directly affiliated. Again, I'm not involved on that side, nor do I have the knowledge. Um, but it's like that sort of group of producers and record people probably all know each other, shake each other's hands and go to the same parties sort of thing. Um, but yeah, they did have... Uh, Justin was doing a lot of virtual DJ sets back when that record came out. Um and Billy, a.k.a. Keystone, who I wrote the song with, um, had a DJ set on there that I kind of was bandmate for for a little bit. So that was pretty cool. And that got on the Dirty Bird Insta. Sick, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Sick. Sick. Yeah, that was super cool, man. Because I know, like, for, I bet for you that was just like, wow, this is like a cool, like, you know, I've, I've kind of made it moment. Like, all right, cool. Like, I'm, I'm, with, I'm playing with the big boys. No, nah, it's, it's not a big room. But how we were talking before, like, it was, there was this level of validation. Like, I always thought of having a song, like, released by a record label was, like, this huge, unattainable thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was always a goal, but it never, I just never thought it was a thing. I just kind of always thought oh, I'd put my stuff out through um, my current distributor or distro kid something like that and so i i explicitly remember getting the email from justin about releasing it and i was working and i freaked out freaked out 11th street 11th street uh store for 7th street surf shop and i forget i think it was like a new girl working and i was like i don't even know you but that me up right now and i went outside and i was like so Oh my god. That's sick. 
like when you have that moment and it's like imprinted in your memory and it's like it's kind of like where were you i mean i'm not gonna make the comparison but like when you heard the covid thing or just usually it's like a bad thing but that like when it's a good thing that's pretty cool like this awesome moment yeah i called my mom it was like a full full thing you like Like, shed a few tears for you like (laughs) i don't know i didn't i didn't cry i probably cried um i'm pretty sure men don't cry yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Real men have no emotions, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was pretty heavy. Like that was, again, another moment of like this validation that I had been looking for. You shouldn't look for that, but I was always looking for that. So it felt really good to have that moment. Yo, shout out Moon, a.k.a. Andy in the comments. What's popping? Yeah, Minty. Shout out Minty. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. It's funny because you don't. Like at this point, it's for me too. It's like getting that validation is like a nice little cherry on top. Like when you, it, at first, you kind of want it just to make sure you don't like suck or you're not like just completely blowing it. But then after you get like at least one, then you're like, all right, like you know, like I'm I'm doing good, I'm killing it. And then you might not get like that same validation for the next couple ones, but you know, at some point you'll get like an even better one. But you're like that one, oh, I would say eighty to ninety percent of the time where I'm like, fuck, like you suck. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, it's definitely a bummer. I feel like that's more of your mindset than the, than the latter of being positive about what you're doing. Um, at least for myself, but it, it definitely always, it does feel good to have, you know, some level of validation. Like I said, I don't look for that intentionally as much anymore. I more just try to have the best product that I can in like a short, a certain amount of time, but it always just feels good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like, um, yeah, it's, it's funny because like, especially now, like in your, like you were saying earlier with Instagram and stuff, like it kind of fucks with your brain and like, you know, you put a picture up, you don't get any likes or anything like, Oh, it sucks. Like I suck. Like I want to take it down. Or it's like, you're focused more on the result of the thing. Whereas in the end, really as an artist, like the best thing to be stoked on is when you're doing the art and when you finish it it's almost like just a placeholder so you can start the next project and like ship it and then don't worry about it you know like and stop checking how many views and ch- like it, you can check it every now and then but i definitely suffer from that i gotta like see how many views i got and stuff and etc but like really ideally i ship it and then i move on to the next thing and then if that gets you know a praise and all that like cool that's great but i'm not even worried about that anymore i'm worried about like you know the next five things I'm working on. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I think once you kind of take the metrics out of everything you do, that thing isn't this quantitative goal that you have to reach in order to have success, you definitely start having a better time. And I think you honestly like probably put out way better work, you know? And I think the, I don't always think this I need to, and I try to, but like, with music or art or even sports, it's like how you make viewers feel when you do your thing. And you're not going to see that in a number. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought of that now. You should, I might have to patent that real quick. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But real talk, like, um, facts. So it says now facts. You know, like if you make a good song, and it gets 40 plays, you know, like not a huge number, 
but like one person in that 40 was like, yo, I fuck with this. This makes me feel really good. This helps cure my Monday. That was just pure shit. That metric is so much better than 50,000 plays where people are like, oh, this is cool. And they skip through it. You know, so yeah. it's usually you don't see with anything that are probably the better ones to think about anyway. Yeah, and it's funny because that's kind of what I was saying earlier about like the little YouTube content creators almost ins- inspire me more or motivate me more because like, oh, look, this guy's only getting 30 plays, but like I'm still stoked on it and he still like made my day. So like I'm going to do the same thing. And then mine will maybe just say 30 plays, but maybe one of those people is just like me watching this thing or listening to this song. So like, yeah, focusing on like having the numbers like you were saying is uh, – in the end, it's just like a nice byproduct. It shouldn't be like your main focus, but like it is nice because then it at least gives you a little bit of feedback in the real world. I mean, it's one yeah, thing the numbers like, you know. they serve a purpose. Like I'm doing thing, I'm maybe doing things right or wrong, but it's when you start to lean towards it being like your end all metric that gets really dangerous and like will fuck with your confidence or fuck with what you're doing, you know. Like, like some people will just completely switch what they're doing writing wise or whatever, just because they think they're going to get more plays, which is cool. Like I get that to an extent. Adaptability is good, but yeah, metrics isn't the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's it's and especially because like that's what used to kind of. S- sell people like now luckily it's become more so like you can kind of do a lot of stuff yourself or a small team but you know back in the day like you had to have the the metrics to even have a song or a video out but now it's like because it's kind of like we're, we're in charge now like the actual artist like we've kind of taken the middleman out a little bit and i know it's like it still kind of sucks like the industry is like harder to make it you but you still really have like way more control over if you're putting out stuff there's really no more excuses like it's all like if you want to go take photos and put them out like boom you can do it there's no like oh i'm not going to get published or oh i have nowhere to put them like now it's it's all up to you and and i like that part about it because there's just kind of takes away the excuses i guess and um in the end like it's always there's always going to be something some little excuse to to not do something or whatever and yeah it's a crazy double-edged sword and again it's all minds mindset you know like I get bogged down sometimes because so many people make music now. Like even in the past, like, I guess I started like seven years, six or seven years ago, whatever. And the amount of people that produce music, put music on the internet, play shows, DJ, like the whole thing is insane. And you get bogged down. And sometimes I get like sad about like, Oh, like you're like competing with so many people. It feels like, which sucks. But at the same time, like, there is that beauty and you have the ability to reach so many people. You have the ability to find your niche. And like most of my favorite music right now are dudes that don't have 300,000 Spotify listeners, you know, like some of the coolest music I think on the internet right now is dudes with, you know, 5k, whatever, like small kind dudes or girls, whoever. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because like my dad, my dad's in like a pretty big, uh, like what, What'd you say? He's in a pretty big what? Oh, so my dad's in a pretty big like '90s alternative phase. 
So he's jamming to basically all these bands that sound like Blink-182. And he'll text me them like every day. Like he'll text me a screenshot of what he's listening to. And it's always some super obscure band that the album's from 1999 or 2002. And it's like this band you've never heard of. They have an album out 20 years ago. And it's like they're all like awesome musicians. And he's always like, these drummers are the best. He's like, they're how are they so good? Like all these drummers are awesome. And it just goes to show like there's so many good musicians and it's and even back before like the whole internet really took over that whole thing like there was these ba- these drummers playing in these punk bands and these drummers were like s- amazing artists and they're just so awesome but like there's so many other good ones too that it's like ends up being like when you try to compete with the other people that ends up being like like your own downfall because in the end like art will do our thing and then you know we'll either fill this niche or this niche or whatever but in the end there's there's just so much talent that it really doesn't, it's not even like who's the best, it's just kind of like who's, who gets lucky and who like has a break. Like there's so many good people that, you know. Previously there was way more, I mean, I, I don't know, I'm just some random dude sitting in his room at his mom's house, but I feel like there was such a higher level of... You probably shouldn't have, you probably just said it's your own place, but okay. Nah, nah, I prefer to, <laughs> I think it's funnier to... We'll edit that out, or we'll keep it in. Ladies, he, uh, yeah, he's at, he's got his, he's at his mom's house in the basement. I mean, bro, I got wrestling. Um, there you go. What's it called? Chart or uh, not charts? Whatever. Like from a back when I was thing. A yeah, back from when I was a kid. Yo, check no it out. Way. Champion, and then above that, Sean Champion. Both of us, same tournament. And you just that just says that's never gonna get erased. That's probably like two thousand. Friggin', I don't even know, like four, thousand five. Is that is that written on with dry erase marker? That's just permanent marker on a piece of paper. Oh, it's permanent. Oh, that's, I thought that was like a board and a dry erase board. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah, the champs. Uh, you, dude. But yeah, I don't even remember where we were going. But yeah, I'm at my mom's crib. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I forgot before I cut you off. Just yeah, there's about. so many lanes, dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it might not bring you to, like, this pearly gate of, you know, filling huge fucking stadiums or whatever. Like, there was such a small, exclusive group, I feel like, in music, and they would get all the pie. Now everybody has a tiny piece, so, like, everybody can eat. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it, because it's... um. Yeah, and, like, that's, like, the, the double-edged sword of the social media. Like, now everyone can can eat, but now everyone's eating. So it's, like, a bigger, like, pool. But in the end, it, it's... But now at least you get a chance to, to sit at the table. Like, and you don't need to, like, you know, you don't need to jump all these hurdles. Like, you can just sit at the table, and if you're at least good enough, then you'll... Like, there's a seat for you, you know, for sure. But because, like, anyone can do it as well, it is makes it a little more challenging. But in the end, it's kind of like, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, for, for me, I really enjoy it because I know, like, making stuff in high school and, and even in college a little bit, like, I would make these, work on months on this little movie, and then it would have nowhere to go. Like, YouTube finally kind of got underway, so I could go on YouTube, but there was nowhere else to, to go. Like, now you can put it all these places, and that's cool that there's a hub to put out your art. 
Yeah, there's so many options where you can at least put it into the universe. You know, and I think movies are a great example. I feel like, especially previously, like, you were making movies and either they were kind of um, not signed to a label. What is the word I'm looking for? Um, like, to a production company and released, like, probably cassette or DVD, whatever but the avenues you had were so small. I suppose nowadays you could just put it on YouTube, you could just put it on Instagram, you could try to get it on Hulu or Netflix or whatever. And it's a similar, yeah. similar idea with music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of just a cool, like we're, it's, a, it's a cool time to like, you know, be alive doing this stuff because, you know, never even, because even, 20, 30 years ago, those, like, punk bands, they still had to, like, get on a record label, they still had to, you know, get go to a studio and record everything, I mean, that's still a great, that's still something everyone does, but, like, now yeah, at least even you can... getting the equipment, like... Yeah. Even getting a freaking guitar or having the ability to record was a pain in the ass, like... Yeah, the... That that is nice. The instant gratification now of being able to like, if I want to sit down and write a song with, I don't want to say all the elements that I want, but like, pretty decent amount, and like, diverse instruments or whatever kind of arrangement stuff, I can do it. You know. Yeah, like you, you said, it, like with that accessibility, if you have the wrong mindset, it it can eat at you a little bit. We were like, ah, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. literally one in a million. I'm just another fish in the big sea here. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That and that yeah, that can be like Yeah, like a hit or miss. I mean, even when I lived in San Diego and I was like, you know, I want to move to LA, like it was kinda of like that, moving out of like a smaller pond and then now I'm like a smaller fish in a bigger pond. And in the end it was a good move, but it's funny. It's just kinda of like what do you want out of it too? Like, do you wanna like I mean my brother, shout out Brett, uh DJ Baby Brett. Like, he's in Virginia Beach just, like, slaying these shows, like, a top dog on the DJ scene now. And it's cool how, like, you can pick, like, all right, do I want to do that? Or do I want to go to a bigger city and then be a smaller person but or try to build my way up? Or you can kind of pick which one you kind of just want even and kind of go with that. It's not like you have to be, like, a big superstar now to, to do anything or to make any moves or to have any anything out for public consumption. So it's, like, we're, we're super lucky. But like, but, like you were saying, it's a double-edged sword and... An easy comparison is like if you're an Instagram model, like you're a girl, you're hot, you're on Instagram, like you're going to like put out stuff, but then you're also going to like kind of turn into like, it's going to be hard to separate yourself from your image on, on the social media. And that's kind of like creates the whole like, even like depression and just weird like anxiety people are getting from like, they don't get validation from their social media. So then therefore like they're bad and they suck. Whereas in the end it really like, like, I try to separate myself, and even, I know you do too, because, I mean, you know, like, I, I use my name and just kind of, like, seem to be myself, but it's still, I'm still kind of playing a person, and I know in the end, like, I shouldn't take any, like, judgment seriously, and I shouldn't, like, be too tied up into this, because in the end, it's, like, just a way for me to get my art and expression out, but it's still not, like, who I am. It's just my, like, expressions coming out. A lot of people, they get sucked into, like, oh, that's me, like, Oh, since my post sucked, I sucked. Or if my post did great, I'm great. But and like, I'm not saying I'm above that, but it's at least good to be like kind of aware of it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and it, it, it is crazy how I do feel like we kind of, we take this, like, stigma of usually it's the viewer looking at the viewed, and the viewer kind of has this sense of doubt or, like, misconception of reality. But I do think that there's the other side of it, like, if, like, on the influencer side, where there is this level for certain people where that kind of sucks. Like if you get pigeonholed into being this person or this thing, and there's this level of expectation that could also mess with your personal health and mindset and attitude. You know what I mean? So I think there is a double, again, kind of a double edged sword. And it's cool talking about it because it's important that people differentiate between the two and see that, you know, everyone's kind of, getting fucked <laughs> yeah yeah you, like no one no one's above it or below it it's like it's just a, the nature of how these apps work and even in like you know all the documentaries coming out where they were kind of invented to be addictive and invented to kind of like be this weird dopamine high but like but yeah now we're all our own brands so we kind of have to be on them i mean we don't have to be but it definitely helps if you're trying to at least have some kind of like public if, you, if you're in a field that requires some level of publicity, even if it's the tiniest amount, like you're, you have to be in it. And it doesn't matter if you're music or you sell candles or you're construction, like you do, like you build homes. Like it doesn't matter. You kind of have to brand yourself, you know, or if you're yeah, at like, the individual yeah. level, like an influencer sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like that's even these big companies, like they're, I mean, they get it now, but for a while it was like, you know, like no one's going on your website anymore. Everyone's just kind of going to your social media. Boom. Instagram. So that's the like, first thing anyone asks. Yeah. Like, so or, like, eh, TikTok nowadays, TikTok's popping. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok's a new Instagram. It was funny how that happened so quick. I mean, it was like, oh, this app sucks. It's lame. And now it's like the new thing. Like even people I that were like, yeah. Fucked with TikTok, dude. <laughs> COVID. I fucked with tiktok i did delete it though kind of recently because i found myself uh going down the rabbit hole and next thing you know you've been scrolling for an hour and you're like ah oh, this ain't this is a lot for my brain but some of the content on there is so good yeah 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 people are yeah. funny dude yeah that that people are there's some really funny people and i i finally got it too for a while i was kind of was kind of hating but now it's um I'm into it, and it, I, I just like when people are, like, kind of being original. I get a little, not annoyed, just some, like, when, like, people just do the trends. Like, I get it. it it's cool. But, like, I like when someone just, like, is basically making, like, a little skit, and it's all original. Like, and that those are my favorite, and there's tons of that. But it's funny because the algorithm almost wants the trends more. So, like, if you do the trend, it's an easy way to kind of get views and stuff. So, um, It's tough yeah, because, it's, yeah, the the trends and everything, like, I hate it because I don't like the whole copycat mentality. I don't like the, like, everyone trying to do something better than the next person mentality. But at the same time, there's random videos where you're like, damn, this person did this right. Yeah, Whether it's, like, exactly, a voiceover yeah. or whatever, I'm like, damn, this person crushed it. So they have the opportunity. But, yeah, I don't – I'm not a big fan of the – a lot of the trends and, like, that sort of format of TikTok. But some of that shit is just – well you know what happens too is you'll find you'll see one it's really funny and you won't even know it's a trend 
you'll just laugh and be like, oh, that was hilarious. Then you'll say, like, oh, this is kind of a thing people are doing now. But usually it's like that first person you see that does it so well that it almost seems like it's a just totally unique original idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dude, that algorithm is like, yeah. fucking insane, too. Yeah. Whoever's whoever over there at TikTok HQ or whatever the parent company is, I forget. Um, they got that algorithm down to a like every time like I'm scrolling on that thing. Like Instagram, you kind of you're picking who to follow. Yeah, yeah. TikTok, like I don't even really follow anybody. Like I only follow a couple yeah. people. I would say ninety percent of what I consume plus was miscellaneous shit. I would say of that stuff I'm sifting through, like probably 70% of it I was sharing with friends because I thought it was funny. I yeah. don't want to say 70, yeah, yeah. but enough where I was like, yo, this algorithm's got me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. And, and they even do like a few things like when you turn the app on, like it, it automatically starts playing. Like which on the other apps, you notice that like Instagram, you open it, it won't just start playing. It'll like be on your home page, and then you start with TikTok. You open it, and right away it has you out a home screen. And it's a video, so right away it sucks you in, and then you're already like, which is interesting. That um, I forgot where I read or saw that, but I was like, oh wow, that is like a really good tool that kind of like gets you engaged and like brings you in right away. Yeah, because like, even if the video is trash, yeah. like yeah. that, the first like two or three seconds where you're like sifting that information, you're you're in. Boom, you're on the app. And then once you realize that video is trash, you instinctually muscle memory slide down and you're sucked. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I deleted, uh, I deleted my TikTok like a couple weeks ago. I haven't been back on. It's been nice. Your, your account or you just deleted the app off your phone. I deleted the app off my phone. I do that with most social media. Um, Instagram included. I delete the app off my phone for, like Snapchat, I'll do it for weeks at a time. TikTok, I'll do it for weeks at a time. Instagram, I try to do it for longer periods of time, but that I actually use to communicate with people. So that one gets tough. Yeah. Yeah, my, my tool is I just turn off all my notifications. Hammy! Shout out, Ham. There you go, Ham. Big Shout Pippin, out. Big Papa. Dom, Tree, you know, um, or... Tree, do you know Ham? I don't think so. You know a lot of OC heads. Yeah. It sounds kind of familiar, actually. Shout out Chris McCall, my original fake ID. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Big dog Biggie? got that thing for, I think, like a 12-pack of PBR. Made my ECU <laughs> career take off. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Let's go. Um, Man, I, I want to wrap it up, but people keep coming in. Um, You got more questions? Yeah, let's 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 wrap it up here. Um, let's wrap it up here. So, just a, a final thought or two. So, and what what uh, music are what a uh, DAW are you using now? Are you still using um, Machine? Or do you want to yes. tell your secrets? So, I definitely still use Machine. Um, I have a new single that I've been working on that I've done a bunch of the work recently in Ableton. I still okay. don't know how to use ninety eight percent of it. I was just like cutting audio in Ableton. Um, did you download a torrent or did you, you bought it? No, nah, I got the big dog shit. I went Damn, full dude. in. Like yeah. thousand bucks? Uh, no, I didn't. Maybe I didn't get the the G spot one. Maybe the one below it, or maybe I did drop it. I forget. 
I probably had a discount like, code. How much, how much did you pay? Do you remember? Probably like 600, 700 bucks. Oh, wow, well, yeah. That's sick, though. I mean, able, yeah, once you get more into it, too, it's like it's just the best. I mean, I still uh, use Logic, but I, I it's pretty sick. I have Logic as well um, because I wanted to try that for recording because machine recording is trash. Um, I didn't really like Logic. Ableton is a little, with what I do, is a little. Yeah, Ableton reminds me more of machine. Logic is almost like you're editing on like a timeline, like a movie timeline. But see, it feels less like, like. Even in Logic, I just use the arrangement view and I set it up like I do a machine. Um, yeah. But yeah, I bought it like months ago. I just got into it like the past two weeks, like trying to actually sit down and work in it. So yeah, machine is 90, 95% of what I do. And now I'm trying to incorporate Ableton. Sick, dude. Well, I'm stoked to kind of, you know, keep checking that out. Um, yeah, man, you want to, uh, any last words? I appreciate your time again. Thank you for coming on. This was a great interview. This probably will end up being two parts because we, you know, we yammered on for a while here and it was, this is an awesome interview, man. I appreciate it. This, this went really well. No, I mean, I don't really have anything. Uh, hopefully I got some music coming out this summer. Uh, hopefully I have one or two ideas that I want to put out in the fall. And I'm just more stuck hanging out, catching up with my boy, Treve. Yeah, man. Yeah, me too, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, I know we've been like, you know, chatting a little bit here and there, but it was cool to kind of really like, you know, kind of dive into just more of the stuff you've been doing recently and just like, just stoked for you, man. Because I mean, I still remember back when you, you know, where I, I was bugging you to release stuff more and more. And now, look, now you're a fucking top dog, dude. So <laughs> just don't forget me when you get around the top, you know, don't forget your boy. No, definitely not a top dog. And uh, everyone at Mission Beach Coffee Break and the SD crew always got a place in my heart. I um, think, well, cool, dude. Uh, that was probably a good one to wrap on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're still popping off in here, but we'll leave the fans uh, wanting more. Um, and again, this will all be, you know, available pretty soon. I might have to break it up into a few parts for Instagram. I don't know if on the other platforms it'll be one long thing or not, but... um. You know, this will definitely be like on the, the Hero's Journey podcast stuff, which is cool. So this will actually be on like Spotify and iTunes and stuff because now my oh. podcast is on is on those. Nice. All right, dope. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, do yeah, you, so brother. I, I, that. Process. Hopefully I didn't say anything too dumb. Um, I think you're good, you know. I'll double check if there's anything too gnarly, you know, I can knock it out. But um, yeah, maybe we'll, no, cut, that one really... we'll cut out the part on psychedelics. Yeah. Oh, no, no, we got to keep that part. Um, well, yeah, cool, brother. Well, I appreciate you again for coming on, Ryan. You're the man. And, um, dude, I'm, I'm super stoked and proud of you. And I'm, like, I'm stoked to, you know, keep seeing your your rise as an artist. And, I mean, dude, it's cool to see. I mean, I mean, shit, you've already surpassed me with all, with all your plays and shit like that. So I'm a bit jealous. But, you know, you, uh, Ooh, we you know, the you're killing it. So, Dude, thanks, Steve. You, man, like... Yeah. You've kept the ball rolling with the hero's journey stuff, which I think is really cool. Momentum is key, brother. Ride that wave. Exactly. Yes, and uh, well, we are here about fifteen dogs. So um. Yeah, they're going nuts. On that, I want to make sure I end this. I don't fuck anything up too bad. So, dude, Ryan, thanks again, man. You're the man. <laughs>